so I can get my mind right. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this time in the Word. We ask for the Holy Spirit to illuminate our eyes, illuminate our minds, to give us understanding. Thank you, O Lord God, that we will truly be a church that will dominate. We will truly be a people that will glorify you in all of our doings, in all of our sayings, in all of our goings. Thank you, O Lord God, for bringing us up out of the mountain clay, for bringing us up out of religion. Thank you, O Lord God, for causing us to be one family and one people, no big eyes, no little U's. We thank you, O Father God, that you are truly doing something special in our midst. Thank you, Lord God, for this word teaching. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Have I ever done that before? My wife was like, no, just preach the word. Just. All right, let's throw up this graphic. Probably be the last time I'll throw it up. About the dry season, kind of because, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> So we've talked about how the dry season, the reason you can be in it is lack of word time and prayer time. God is testing, strengthening your character, living a lifestyle of sin, uh, things other people have done, people you have relationships with, the city you are living in. You can be in the dry place. God told you to go right and you went left. How many of you have done that? That's on a regular, isn't it? <laughs> you know, all you got to do is just turn around. Don't, the worst thing in the world is you make a wrong turn. And you just uh, keep driving to see what the end is going to be. Y'all remember that movie that Tyler Perry made called, uh, the I think it's called The Family That Prays, P-R-E-Y-S? I kind of like Sanaa Lathan as an actor until that movie. I don't really like her anymore because she scared me. Some people get act so well, you're like, I think you do this in real life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, it meant just how she dissed her husband in that movie, oh my goodness. That was dissing at a very high level. That was stab you in the back and then turn the knife around like a merry-go-round. Man, but I remember that scene when her mother told her, she said, baby, look, she said, you're on the wrong road. And she said, you're going to run into a wall and crash and burn. And I remember what Sanaa Lathan, she bucked up in her pride. She says, well, you know what? Then I'm going to just enjoy the uh, I'm just going to enjoy the trip on the way to the crash. And so uh, don't be like that, you know, because then, and when you remember the end of the movie, you realize after she crashed, then it was just that full disappointment of I messed up everything, okay? So, you know, um, you know, the wrong road looks right sometimes, and the right road can look wrong sometimes. And so you can't determine if you're on the right or the wrong road by anything except for did you hear from God and do you have peace? Because the right road can be sunshiny and the wrong road can be a flat out hurricane. And the Lord will just say, keep on moving. And so, you know, I know people that have moved here from Atlanta. You know, some people move here from, from other states and everything goes smooth. I mean, just like everything you touch turned to gold. We tried to move Atlanta and it was like the gates of hell just shot up around everything we did. When I tell you, my wife and I, we had to screw. When I say, I mean, we crawled our way out of Detroit. I mean, the enemy saw all of this and where this is going. You know, they can, they can, they can project the future some type of way. Not see it 100%, but they can see it. And man, I mean, when I tell you, I, mean, we, I remember I told my wife, I said, well, you know, if we just have to live in an alley, we're going. I mean, it was that bad. When I tell you, we scraped every penny to get here. Then when we got here, my car got repossessed. Okay, so, so if I had to base any, uh, any of that off, this is a sign that God told me not to go, no, no. Okay, sometimes God will say go, and everything goes squeaky clean. 
Sometimes God says go and a storm comes on the water. But you'll make it through. The Lord had to, there are some things, <clears throat> there are some things, some things, not all, some things God has to give you a word. Because the opposition will be so strong that without the word you won't make it. I have to be honest with you, is that had I, I had that going through that mess, it was that word. I mean, the scripture says how the, the voice of the Lord is all on many waters and that the voice of the Lord it, it splits rocks in two and, and when the Lord speaks to you it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's not just the word he speaks to your spirit man his word has the weight behind who he is you know I learned that years ago the first time I listened to my pastor Bishop Oedipo and he said something that was so good he said yes faith does come from hearing the word he said but more importantly faith comes from hearing directly from God he said, because when God speaks to you, he speaks to you with all of his power, his might, and the throne behind that. And so when he speaks that into you, it's the power to drive you through what's ever going to come up to prevent his word from coming to pass. Y'all got that? So that's why it's so important to get a word from God sometimes. Now, not God won't always give you a word. Oh, man. Okay? Because when, I'm going to tell you how God is a master at understanding you. When the enemy, some of you, most of you know the story about when, you know, a lot of times when it comes to major decisions, the Lord would speak to me in the shower. And so major decisions, when I was in the shower, that's when he spoke to me to go to Atlanta. Um, um, when I'm in the shower, the Lord would speak to me about certain individuals, you know, about, yeah, they seem like an angel, but they're a devil. And so really, when, when it comes to things that have major impact concerning my life and ministry, that's what the Lord speaks to me. So I heard a voice in the shower when we were living in Austin, and it said, you know, start your ministry, call it Next Level Church. And how many of you kind of heard God speaking, you kind of shirk it off and like, was that you, Jesus? And then it comes again because of what the scripture says, the Lord speaks once, then twice. So when I ignored the word, it then came a second time. Okay. Uh, a day or two later, start your ministry, call it Next Level Ministry. And so I told my wife, we bought the name. I don't know if some of you heard this before, but it's worth repeating sometime for new people. So we started, got the legal name and everything, next level. And, um, and so I remember we were driving down the street. The road we drive down all the time, I never saw this sign. I never saw it. It had been there since we had been in that house, but I had never seen the sign. It wasn't until after I heard the word to start a church called Next Level Church. We were driving down the street from our house and there was a sign. It said Next Level Construction. And I was like, oh, that's a sign. Yeah, it was a sign. I can't believe you just. And then I had the nerve to repeat it. I can't believe you just did that to me. Throwing jokes while I'm preaching and I fell for it. Okay, and so, but I started feeling just kind of funny, and it's called the deception test, where you think it's the Lord, but then you start feeling funny, and you find out, ooh, this is not the Lord. Will you continue, or will you stop? So I sought the Lord, and the Lord said, that was not me. That was a devil. The thief uh, walks about as a lion. We serve the lion of the tribe of Judah. So Satan, you ever had somebody who wants to emulate you? Satan wants to be like Jesus so bad. Wants to be like him so bad. So he tried to keep him off the throne. That's the, 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 the problem with Satan is he wants Jesus' position. He wants to be like him. And so, so he walks about trying to be a lion. And he mimics. And so the Holy Spirit told me, he said, no, that was not me. That was the enemy mimicking my voice. He said, shut it down. Shut it down. 
And so we shut it down. Um, do you remember how many weeks or months after that when we can't remember? So now, so this is what the Lord did. I said this for a reason. There's a reason why I said God won't always speak to you. So the Lord knew that it was a voice that tricked me into starting something that was not the will of God. So when it came to me starting the true ministry he had for me, he didn't speak to me. He gave me seven signs. Because he knew that if he then spoke second after the devil spoke, that I would doubt the second voice because I had missed the first voice. Y'all got me? Yeah. Yeah. See how wise God is? So he said, see, the devil went to him. And so now if we just speak to him, he's going to be in doubt and unbelief whether or not this is really our voice because he got tricked the first time. And so and, and the signs were extremely strong, extremely strong. One sign was I prayed a prayer. I don't know if, I think it's wise for me to share that prayer publicly. But then the Lord gave me a scripture in Psalms that says, if your father and mother reject you, the Lord should take you up. That was one sign. Another sign. When the Lord told me to be on Oryudipo, I was at my previous church. The last time I prayed in the pulpit, there was a Nigerian man in the audience who used to be Bishop Oryudipo's deacon. And he said, last time I was at that church, I was praying in the pulpit, and, and, um, and the Lord had given him an instruction, and he didn't understand the instruction. And so when the man was in the audience, I was in the pulpit, and he, this is what the man told me. He said, my face turned into Bishop Oryudipo's face. While I was preaching and the Lord gave him an instruction and the next Sunday the man came with a black trash bag and said here this is for you dropped it on the ground it was 40 books written by Bishop Oyedipo so that's just two of the signs <laughs> so these are the signs that the Lord was telling me then on top of that on top of that the church that I was at the pastor that was there then prophesied over my wife and I twice that it was our time which was strange okay so all of those things begin to happen and all, when all of those signs led up, I then knew what the Lord was telling me to do. So it's very important to know that God doesn't speak just by speaking. He speaks sometimes by giving you signs. Okay? All right. That was a whole lesson just on that one point. So dealing with crazy people all of the time. Laziness, not getting involved in your church or community, not stepping into new things because of fear. That's a big thing. A lot of people are in a dry place because of fear. It's a reason why God told Joshua, he said, be strong, be very courageous, and get rid of your fear because I'm getting ready to, give you, to have you take over everything. Always remember this. Whatever God has for you, you will not get it unless you destroy the, the Goliath called fear. It will not happen. There, there are no mountains that God has for you without dealing with fear. And whatever, whatever God has for you is meant to show you your weaknesses. Always remember this. Whatever God has for you, it shows you your weaknesses. Being single causes you, when you start dating somebody and you get married, it shows you your weaknesses. When you step into ministry, you step into business. These things show you your weaknesses so you can get on top of your weaknesses and become aware. Because the Bible says we can do all things through who? Jesus Christ. So Jesus can do anything. But in your mind, you think you can only do one thing. So they put you in the stuff so you can face the fear. And then when you face it, it then shows you, oh, you really can do anything. Let me just go to the next scripture. Proverbs 1.28. When they, now, this is just a warning for people that don't want to listen. When, I cry, when they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge, chose not to fear the Lord. In other words, you went down the wrong road, you got warned multiple times, and you kept on going. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. Always remember this, folk. 
anything that you do that the kingdom of God did not say is right is called a scheme. Always remember that. You know, double get rich quick screams, pyramid schemes. I mean, there's all type of schemes. Unfortunately, most of the internet schemes come out of the very country I'm going to, Nigeria. I don't know if I knew that. There are more schemes on the internet, you know, hijacking stuff and money schemes more come out of Nigeria than any other it's a very corrupt country. Hey, and so but remember that anything that you do that is not in the world is considered a scheme. It's you trying to sneak into the kingdom your own way. You remember in the scripture, it says that Jesus said that all of the people were in the kingdom and they said there was a man that um, he snuck, uh, it says that there will be people who will sneak up another way. Jesus said, I am the door. You got to come through me. But it says that there will be people who will try to sneak in another way. And he said, all of those folk are thieves and robbers. Remember the one guy in the Bible? It says they were having a marriage, they were having some type of festival up in heaven. And it says there was a man there who didn't have on the right clothes. <laughs> He said, and, and watch this, they said, how'd you get in here? And they said, he didn't have an answer. And so they just threw him out. I have no idea what that means, by the way. Maybe it's that. When, I don't know what it means, okay? <laughs> For simpletons, simple-minded people, turn away from the truth to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear. Of harm didn't say the fear would not be there it says you will be untroubled by it okay so so uh let's look at proverbs 25 too so this is just like a recap from last week just be going over how many you know you gotta you gotta go over something more than one time for it to get on inside of you paul said listen to these things so that they don't slip proverbs 25 2 it is god's privilege to conceal things and it is the king's privilege to discover them Remember that your whole life is about learning and discovery when it comes to the kingdom of God. Again, I told y'all a couple of weeks, some of you may not have been here. At this stage where this church is going, if you try to let me teach you everything, you're going to move at the pace of a snail. Because when it comes to this type of stuff, there is no man that can teach you 1% of it. Now, sometimes some of the stuff that I see teach seems like 100%. No, you always think someone is low level when you compare them to other people in the planet. How many of you know, if Jesus taught, you'd never want to listen to me again. You'd be like, come to service. Is Jesus teaching today? Okay. And that's the role of every pastor is try to tap into, you know, I'd look at my sermons and I'm like, okay, when I look at this, would Jesus teach this or would he say this is trash? Okay. So it's God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. God does not hide things from you. He hides them for you so that as you seek them, you will find them. Okay. There are some things you can never find. God reveals it only because you were seeking. If you seek, then they, I mean, no, if God hides something from you, you ain't never finding this situation. Okay, you can search, man, psh, uh, uh, you can hunt dogs, wolves, scientific equipment. When God hides, he can't be found. So he reveals himself as you obey what he said about seeking. So he said, I conceal things, but it is your privilege to discover what I hid. Matthew eleven twenty nine through 30, King James. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Okay? 
Christianity is not supposed to be hard. There will be seasons of hardness. That's why the Bible says endure hardness as a good shoulder. But even when you have been done wrong, <clears throat> even when you're in a situation, we typically don't turn to Jesus. We turn to ourselves. We turn to other people. Okay? We turn to donuts. We turn to television. We turn to perusing the internet all day long. Yeah, that's one thing you are. You know what I realize? I realize this from time to time. I think almost all of us would be different individuals if there was no internet, there were no cell phones, and there were no video games. There are lots of people, Christians particularly, we're going to have to stand before the Lord in regards to the time we spent on video games and the internet and television and social media. Social media is a, uh, like a drug. You know, how many, how many of you find yourself, you go on Facebook or whatever, and, and you do this, you flip, and you just keep on going. And you click something, you come out, and you keep on going. This is the deep part. You don't even know what you're looking for. <laughs> it just, you, what are you looking for? Never realizing that what you're doing on Facebook is supposed to be what you're doing in the Word. How many of you found some terrible stuff on Facebook because you were flipping? How many of you found some wonderful stuff on social media because you were flipping? Okay, well, if you would flip through the word like that, you'll find some wonderful stuff in the word. What have you not found and what has not God revealed to you because you flipping in another arena? Oh, Lord Jesus, maybe I should pray from now on when I, before I preach. That didn't sound right, but we're going to keep on going anyway. See, but Jesus said, take my yoke because it's easy and my burden because it's light. I'm very appalled at what, you know, something the Holy Spirit told me the other day. He said, most of what's in the church is not in the Bible, and most of what's in the Bible is not in the church. <clears throat> That's unfortunate. How many know we're going to change that? Okay. So, you know, you have to get over into schooling. Like I said before, you know, we go to school. We spend anywhere from, I don't know, 12 to 16 years in school. I know for, for a fact you spend 12 years in school just for preparation to being able to step out into the world. You know, eight hours a day, you know, and, and I mean, it's amazing studying those subjects. And when you think about how much time we spent in school versus how much we know about what's real, it's almost like some of that schooling was a complete waste of time. When you think about that, you think about that. Because a lot of it was just, I don't know what it was. I mean, I didn't learn. I don't know what I learned. I just, you know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I mean, when you go to school, they didn't teach us about finances. They didn't teach us about the banking system. They didn't. Could you imagine what would happen if f from the time you started maybe uh, sixth grade that they constantly taught everybody about the stock market and how to invest? You don't get any of that. You don't get anything about how to save money, how to budget, about investments that are out there. People, we don't know about hedge funds. Nobody sits us down and works into us about the power of saving just $10 a week or $100 a month. Nobody told us that. Okay? No, they de If you had a client, nobody, maybe they showed you a skeleton. I don't remember. I remember a skeleton, but I don't remember, remember them telling me this is how the liver works. This is how the kidney works. This is the reason why you are supposed to drink all of this water because if you don't, 
it's like you going to the bathroom and you never flush the toilet. Wow. I didn't mean to be that. That was a little. Y'all you know understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I mean, unfortunately, can you, can you imagine what would happen if in school you constantly had classes about um, how to, how when you get older, how to carry yourself as a single individual and how to minister to your husband and how to minister to your wife and watch this, how to honor your parents. We didn't get any of this in school. See? So, so the point that I'm making is you do all, get all of that education, step out into a world, and, and then we're just doing the best that we can. Yet, they still require you to go. And so, and so yet, us never realizing that the demand on the Christian life is for you to, there's a reason why the Bible says meditate the word day and night. Okay? There's a reason for that. Okay? There's a reason why the scripture says seek the things of heaven. Do it continually forevermore because they're trying to get you to get an education before you step over to the other side. Because there are classrooms in heaven, by the way, and there are schools in heaven. Okay? I know y'all may not realize that, but I, watch this. Now, we went to school down here, right? That was really a kind of crazy question, but we go to school, and when I was in school, um, you know, they maybe taught you a little about the, about the animal kingdom, you know, but they didn't really, they showed you a picture of a flower. Let me, let me backtrack. When we were in school, the stuff that they taught us is the stuff they wanted us to know about the society that we were going to live in, okay? So they teach you certain things about what to do and what not to do whether it be from government, they teach you about the presidents, they teach you about this, they teach you about that. Okay? In order to be able to operate in society. So if you're in a class about animals, they may teach you that these are predators. Okay? These are the prey. You know, these are insects. Be careful about wasps because they will sting you. You get that education. Well, my, what makes us think that we're going to go to heaven and we don't have to be educated on the whole thing? I mean, just when it comes to the light, the Bible says, how many know you have to kind of you know, you have to teach people stuff like, okay, when you go out there in the hot sun, you know, make sure you have on some sunscreen or make sure you don't go out there and get sunburned and bake yourself. If you are in the hot sun, you got to stay hydrated. Those are all instructions. When we go to heaven, the Bible says that the light in heaven is seven times greater than the noonday sun. And it has the nature of water. That's why there's no shadow in heaven. So when we go up there, you will instantly be put in schools to learn about how heaven operates because everything is a thousand times greater than planet earth i mean yeah i mean see the flowers down here are beautiful but the flowers up there are actual beings i mean they look at you they you engage with nature up there everything is full of life so you talk to flowers you talk to trees i mean you know that's some crazy stuff but they even doing it with the little looney tunes that y'all let the kids watch i mean why do y'all think these i'm way off but that's okay why do y'all think just when it comes, oh, what is the little veggie tales? Vegetables walking around talking. <laughs> Toy Story. Okay, the parents leave the room, parents leave the room, and all of the toys having a full conversation and everything. They keep making, making movies like this, and, and, it's, and because Earth is called the shadow realm. It's, it's men and their intelligence operating in the creativity of God. So when you go up to heaven, there is nothing dead. Everything is living. So everything, including the grass, can communicate with you. I remember one guy said that, I, mean one, I think it was a, I don't remember if it was a guy or a lady, but he said that he went up there and, and I think it was Jesse DePlantis actually, he, uh, he said that he looked at this one person's lawn and he said every blade was perfect. And he said that, but 
every blade of grass had in it at least one diamond and one ruby. Can you imagine your lawn, your front lawn, and every blade of grass, every blade has diamonds and rubies in it? What that would look like under an atmosphere that's seven times brighter than the noonday sun? You can't comprehend the sun being twice as bright. You're talking about seven times? And you think you're just going to go up there in the glory and do your Holy Ghost dance and, and now you're going to faint. Ah, rescue me, Jesus. I'm about to die. Wake up after a million years. <laughs> Jesus, crack a joke and then you die from laughing and resurrect again in a million years. I mean, the place is very extreme, y'all. So there are schools in heaven. There are libraries in heaven. With the record, what Jesus told Rejoiner, with the true records of planet Earth. There are also libraries in heaven about the records of worlds before planet Earth. Okay, it's called the first heaven. Uh, Rejoiner said that when he asked an angel about the first heaven, he said, don't ask questions like that. He said, when, when everything is fully done on planet Earth, he said, you will then be educated about the first heaven. How long it existed. And Y'all, this is schooling. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Quit paying attention to them crazy beer commercials where they got you sitting on the cloud with a golden frisbee playing the guitar. That place is extreme. Paul got caught up there. He's, when he came back, he said, look, first of all, he said, I don't even know if I was in my body or out. He said, but what I can say is I saw stuff that there is no vocabulary that exists to explain it. So all I can tell you is I went there. Okay. So, yes, there are schools. And the same way, like my oldest daughter, she took certain classes when she was in high school so that when she went to college, she was able to step over individuals. She had a head start. Well, guess what? What you do down here is going to determine what grade you start in up there. I ain't trying to be in kindergarten. <laughs> Can y'all imagine that? Can y'all imagine everybody go to heaven? And all y'all in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, and the pastor down there in K4. Look at this fool. You didn't teach us nothing. Because guess what, y'all? As a pastor, my grading won't be what I taught. It will be what I lived and learned. What I do, I could not do it without the grace of God. So what I do, there's a measure of it that I don't get credit for because you couldn't do it without grace. Okay, I mean, everything that you do is a grace. If you're operating the function, you can't be married without grace. You can't raise children without grace. I mean, no, we're going to be, it's, we're on the long, this is going to be a good trek. I mean, it's, this is going to change the way that we live down here and start looking at everything different. And so, um, I mean, just, I mean, think about it, y'all. We, you, you, I'm going to just ride this way for a second since I'm just, it's a recap. But, I mean, I want you to think about what forever is. I mean, all we know is planet Earth, Saturn, Venus. But you got to have an education on how big the universe is. What if the universe is just the basement concerning what God has created? Y'all see what I mean? So, so now, how many know 12, 16 years was a long time to go to school? How long do we got to go to school up there to learn what? We don't even know what exists. You think you're just going to march up to Jesus' throne? Uh, move over. I want to see what this feels like. 
And people be asking crazy questions about heaven. I'm like, that place is not what you think. It is extremely overwhelming to your senses. I have an uncle that had an experience. It was a vision where he was, um, he was snatched out the church. He was headed towards heaven at a phenomenal rate of speed. And he said he, was, he got right up to the entrance of heaven, one of the gates. And, and he said he wasn't even allowed to come to the front of the gate. When he just got up there and started slowing down, the Lord said, I just let you have the experience to let you know the time is short and his work to be done. He said just what he saw at the gate, he begged God not to send him back to earth with his wife and kids. Begged. That's why for some people, you can seek, but God will give you experiences based on what you can handle. Because he'll catch you up there. You come down here and go to the funeral home, just jump in the casket. Bear me alive. I'll suffocate. I got to go. Y'all, this, I'm <laughs> Hey, y'all know good and well we crazy like that. I mean, remember, remember Paul? Remember Paul? Paul got to his destination early, and after that experience, he said, ah, uh, he said, I really don't want, know what to do. He said, I don't know if I should go on up there because of what I saw, or if I should stay behind and just help y'all. He was really struggling with that. He told him, he said, I am really struggling because of what I saw. And, and the only reason why he would have the ability to stay is because he now knows what his future is. So he can deal with any pain whatsoever. Okay. There's another man, one of Rick, that crowd, Rick Joyner, Bob Jones. Bob Jones is crazy. Bob Jones so crazy. Bob Jones so crazy. He can tell everybody in here what y'all dreamed last night and give you the interpretation before you told, you, before you told him to dream. Yeah, Bob Jones was on another level. He said he could always know that when Jesus was visiting somebody in the neighborhood, he said the heavens would stir a particular place. Bob Jones died, went to heaven, asked Jesus to send him back so he could get some more souls saved to get his reward bigger. See, I've been hanging around these men, but I haven't, te I haven't taught certain things, but these men are beasts when they come to You get a taste of heaven, you'll reject anything down here. Somebody had give you a billion dollars, you'll laugh in their face as you take the billion dollars. You know, I wasn't going to leave that out there like that. <laughs> Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Okay, so there are schools in heaven. And the Bible wants you to meditate the word because you want, um, um, it's, it's kind of like, these are facetious examples, but how many of you know that before you go to a college, they allow you to view the college? Yeah. Well, that's kind of like it is with heaven, is that, you know, I know with, with some colleges, before you go there, they'll let you come there and have these orientations to kind of see how things go. You know, the kids' school that they go to, they have a camp where they allow you to come visit the place to get a taste of what it's like so you can go back home and prepare. Well, it's the same thing when it comes to heaven. You have to be prepared for that place. And let me say this. One of the ways you have to prepare is, is that you got to go there right. Because if you go there wrong, half-stepping, you will feel, it's, it's, it, um, they call it being clothed with shame. Um, you'll be so shameful because when, when you get there, the limits are lifted off of your intellect. So at that moment, you are instantly conscious of everything that you did wrong from birth. It's hard to explain that. I don't know how, what that every person that's been up there. They said that when you come out of this body and go into that spiritual realm, they, they, there are no limits. You are instantly aware of everything. I mean, think about it. How's God, God going to watch this? You're going to give an account for every idle word. 
how do you give an account for every word that you spoke since birth? Because time is, they have the ability to show you 70 years of your life in five seconds. Your mind operates differently. It operates more at the level of a high thinking computer. You know how a computer can compute things that are, you know, I mean, we A, B, C, D, E, F, G. But the computer can do that in all languages at the same time in two seconds. Well, a computer is actually in it. Uh, a, whoo, help me, Lord. It's a lower level version of how your mind will operate when you get to heaven. Whew. Did I even read Colossians? Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. What is real there? Yes, you need to get this in you. They're not going to ask you to set your sights on something that they don't want you that they don't want to reveal sets your sights on the realities of heaven well we don't we never been there so we don't know what is real there but they want you to know like I said again I'm gonna keep saying this it's real dumb to be an ambassador but you've never been to the country you represent set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand think about the things of heaven not the things of earth for you have died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. That last part is very scary. What it just said is, depending upon how you lived your life, depending on how much classroom time you have in the word, and prayer time and seeking of the Lord will determine how much of Jesus' glory you are allowed to share. Here's the problem. We don't know what he owns. All we know about is the universe that we haven't seen and we know about heaven that we haven't seen for the most part. Okay. I can't imagine. Can you, can you imagine how many dimensions might exist? Watch this. You can't see heaven, which obviously then there are other realms right around us that you can't even see. What if it's seven dimensions right around us at all times? You ever seen those poster boards um, where you... you you hold it up and you can see one image and then if it just shifts you can see an entirely different image yeah that's how the dimensions are with God so that's what whoo y'all who is up in here today somebody is pulling some stuff out of me that's what discerning of spirits is when you see that in first Corinthians chapter 12 discerning of spirits is it gets to the spirit where they kind of they shift your 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 they shift your being and you can see the other dimension. And if they did that right now, you can see angels standing all around here. Because they're here. Remember what Jesus said? Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am. Either that's a lie or it's true. He's either here or he's not. So if he's here, how come we can't see him? Because he's in that other dimension. And if they open up your eyes and shift your being, you can then see that dimension. And you'll see him standing right there as though you can see the person next to you. And what's crazy is when the Lord opens up one person's eyes or three person's eyes and the other ones stay closed. Not because they're bad people, just the Lord picks and chooses who he, you know, he don't want to, you know, want you to freak out. You open up your eyes, you run up, grab the microphone, I see Jesus! <laughs> yeah, that's, wait a minute, where, her husband, uh, Wanda's husband did that. His testimony, the Lord walked in his hospital room. And he said he just kept hollering and screaming, y'all can't see him, y'all can't see him. He said he just kept saying it. It was like, no. He said some people ran out the room. He said, y'all can't see this man. Because he saw him the same way that he saw people.
And the Lord opened his eyes and shifted that dimension, and he saw Jesus standing right there. How I many this, this, you don't get this in church, do you? You're supposed to. This stuff Jesus taught, that's why the religious people hated his behind. Oh, man. This, make you, this makes you drive down the street and just watch and look. Speak to me, Jesus. <laughs> this make you look at the person in the elevator. You're kind of tall there and your skin is glowing. That might not be shaped butter. It might be something else. I'm dead serious, y'all. Why do y'all think the Bible said, be careful how you entertain strangers? Listen to what it said. It said, be careful how you entertain strangers. Because, and then this is what it said. Because many times, it didn't say a few. It said many times you were entertaining the angel and didn't even know it. Every person in this room, you have been in the presence of an angel and didn't know because he appeared to you in human form. So be careful, you know, right now, man, I, when I see these homeless people out here on the street, I don't need to interview you about why you in your situation. <laughs> Look, I'm going to tell y'all something. I'm not going to heaven living in no tool shed. Y'all walking past my tool shed. Mm, 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 mm. This boy tried to teach us something. He didn't even do it himself. Nope, not going to happen. I'm going to be standing right next to Jesus. I told you, didn't I? You'll be like, yeah, dude, but the half wasn't told. Hey, All right, First Chronicles 16, 11, Amplified. Seek the Lord and his strength. Yearn for and seek his face and to be in his presence continually, not every once in a while. So seek the Lord, his person. We'll be doing these in circles, teaching them sometimes the Lord, sometimes the strength. It says, and then seek the Lord's strength. They want you to learn what gives Jesus the ability to do what he does. Paul tapped into that. When he did, a venomous snake bit him. He didn't even have to pray. He shook that. I would have loved to have seen that. He shook that thing off. Superman, I'm one in Christ. Only what can kill Jesus can kill me. I don't need to pray. At that moment, he was like, prayers for folk that don't believe. That's a lot of that. A lot of people pray because of unbelief. <clears throat> Matthew 13, 44 through 46. The kingdom of God is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. Here's your mentality you should have. The kingdom of God is like a treasure that a man discovered in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. And it says the kingdom in this way. In other words, their thing is the kingdom is so valuable you should be willing to sell out to everything. And buy into heaven. Y'all know what I'm saying? Be willing to let, let the television go. Let the social media go. Let the video games go. Let the, y'all know what I'm saying. Let everything go. Now we ain't talking about you can't have fun. The Bible says God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Okay? But, but they're saying, you know, Jesus said it this way. He said, if you lose your life, you'll find it. Okay? And so that parable is about selling out to something that is extremely valuable. 
you recognize this is so valuable, it's going to affect my life to such a degree that I am willing to do anything to get it. So, let's just briefly go over these again. I'll just add a second scripture to it in regards to the basics on how you start doing that. First one is study of the word, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Everybody say amen. amen. I was reading something two weeks ago. I was reading something to y'all. I'm reading it, and in my mind, I'm like, you're not even doing this. It's a trip for me to read something, and I'm being convicted as I read it to y'all. To make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That's not talking about just planet Earth. You must read the Bible from an eternal perspective. We keep reading it based on 70, 80 years of our life. No, God is using the word to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Because key word is every. That's everything. In heaven, in heaven there is no limit on what you have the ability to do. Right? It's, it's a, uh, one of the things about heaven is if you dwell on something, it appears. If you think about a place, you're there. It's a very, I mean, one lady, she said that um, the angel was standing next to her. Might have been Kat Kerr, could have been somebody else. But uh, she said that she was standing, the angel said, are you hungry? And she said, yes. As soon as she said yes, she said all of these plates of food just appeared right in front of her. And she just started picking all of the food and picking all the food and eating. She said, of course, how I many you know? Don't be going up to heaven looking for no doggone fried chicken and Krispy Kreme donuts and pizza. That stuff is poverty. Hey. She said she ate. Angel said, have you had enough? She said yes. So she said she had enough. All the places disappeared. I said, I want to be there. I'm not trying to go down there at the other place where there is no food. Because you the food. The scripture says about hell, it is a place where your worm never dies. And the scripture says in the Old Testament, this is a nasty scripture. It says that the worm feeds on you sweetly. In heaven you eat, in hell you get eaten. Oh, you can leave it there or just take it unless you need some water, brother. Jonathan like to eat like I do, so I know he's sitting up here thirsty right now. Go ahead and take the water, brother. You know you want it, brother. You know you want it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so spending time in the word, you begin. And let me say something. Read the word, understanding that every sentence, there's something there that is hidden that you can't see. If you read the word like that, you'll start seeing stuff. Every sentence is encoded with stuff, revelations, insight. Sometimes the very word, oh, I didn't see that word. I mean, don't read the Bible religiously. Read it like the scripture says. It says the kingdom of God is like a field. So that whole Bible, which has been birthed out of the kingdom of God, is the it's the treasure book okay the Bible is full of treasures it's full of secrets it's full of mysteries and when you start reading it religiously not in a bad way religious means to just do the same order you got to read that thing start with Genesis read a few chapters then switch over to Psalms read a few chapters for me whatever the date is that's the proverb that I read so what is today's date the 18th so today I would read Proverbs 18 I usually only read one Proverbs a day switch over to Matthew uh, you know, and, and mark your places so that you're reading throughout the Bible in three different places. And, and you'll read some stuff, and it's a young lady that just recently rededicated her life to the Lord. 
she lives in another state. And so I had to walk her through her own deliverance. And that was amazing because uh, I just had her, I shared some things with her and I said, now watch this video. And I said, and repeat this prayer, she did it. And all these creatures came out of her. And so I got her in the word now. And so it's blowing her mind, the stuff that's in the Bible. She called me, I didn't even know this. I know, don't feel bad. You're about to find out a whole lot of stuff. I mean, there's some crazy stuff in the Bible. You know my favorite one? You remember the ladies, two ladies kept having a contest to see who could have the most babies? That was hilarious. You're like, where's that at? Read the Bible. You'll find it eventually. Hey, let me say this. Can I say this? Um, you, um, when you read the, when you read the Bible, when you're reading it, you will only see it based on the level that you are on. And so as you mature and you then go back and read the same stuff, you see stuff you didn't see before. It was always there, but you couldn't see it because you saw the Bible as you are, not as it is. This is the reason why you got to keep on reading, keep on reading. This is the reason why I keep on getting more and more revelation, more and more revelation, more and more revelation, because I keep growing and I keep humbling and I keep convicting myself and realizing that I'm crazy. Okay. And y'all know what I mean? It's never mind. So, so as a result of that, I've done that with books. The final quest by Rick Jordan, I've read it about 13 times. Every time I read it, I see stuff. How come I didn't see this last time? You couldn't because your eyes were darkened. There's a reason why one of the scriptures that says to pray is, Lord, enlighten my eyes. It would be no different if you walk in a dark room. You know, you might be able to see maybe a seat. If we turn on the light just a tad bit, then you can see a little bit more. The brighter the light, the more you can see. So that's why it's so important to keep reading the word over and over and you'll see stuff. And it's about seven layers deep. Every scripture is seven layers deep. Has, every scripture has seven layers of revelation in it. Lord just drops something on me and I'm just like, Lord, I can't even keep up with this stuff. When you get over in the heavenly stuff, you just feel like, Lord, I don't even know if I should read the Bible. I just can't keep up. Next one is prayer. Romans 8, 26 through 28. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. That's praying in tongues. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Most people just quote that one part. I, all things work together for good. No, that scripture is talking about for people who pray in tongues. You can't take one part out. That's why I said, and because of this, all things work together for good. Why? Because you're praying the perfect will of God. And of course, people who don't pray in tongues are going to be rebuking me and all that type of stuff. Look, it's available for anybody. All you got to do is receive it. Too many, people want to re too many people want God's best while rejecting his principles. Yeah, I want to drive, but I don't want no license. Well, you can catch the bus then. We understand this in the world, don't we? People try to do that to Jesus and think he's about to change his mind. Joshua 1.8, meditation. King James Version. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate there and day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then and only then shall you make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Meditation is um, thinking about the things of God 
or a particular word or a particular scripture or a particular concept over and over again. A lot of my revelation now, most of my revelation is coming when I'm not praying and I'm not reading the Bible. During the course of the day, meditation, chewing over the same grass like a cow over. It means to turn over or it means to think. It also means to mutter out of your mouth. This is what that scripture means. You read it back and forth and you stop and work. It means the meditation. Your mind and your imagination is for the purpose of doing this so that you become one with what you're meditating on. And then when you become one with what you're meditating on, then insight and revelation is given to you. And so that's how, when that Lord, that's what I was, that's what I was doing when the Lord gave me the revelation about the tabernacle and about that the, that the tabernacle is heaven and, and that your body is the tabernacle. That's why the Bible says that you are the tabernacle of God. And so that's where the tabernacle is three levels in. Your body is, your, your being, the real you, is a body, soul, and a spirit. I mean, it's deep. You know, uh, what you'll find, too, there's a lady that recently joined us, and uh, she spends about 50 hours a week studying the Word. She was preaching to me like I was a bum down here Wednesday night. The Holy Spirit said, listen. And so the Lord gave, I knew this, but didn't have the revelation. She was breaking down to me. You know, some of y'all, if you read the Old Testament, you had all of these items in the tabernacle, okay? Well, the organs in your body, those are the items in that tabernacle. It's deep. It's very deep, okay? And the Lord gave her the full revelation about, hey, you, I don't even want to go there. It's a lot of stuff. And as we understand these things, because he told Moses, build this thing exactly the way I tell you to. And then in the New Testament, it says that the tabernacle that Moses built, it was a pattern of heaven. Okay. And so that's why the Lord uses three so much, three so much. Tabernacle, it was the outer court, the inner court, then the holy of holies. Okay. Your body, you have the body, you have the soul, then you have the spirit. Okay. I know I've said this before, but that's why you see those threes. Good, that's what, that which is acceptable, that which is good, that which is perfect. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Okay, that's why there are even there are three dimensions to sexual intimacy. You'll find that the, the, the uh, sexual intimacy between a husband and a wife is mimicking what the priest was doing in the Holy of Holies. That's why he, never mind. Y'all looking like, It'll baffle your mind, y'all, to see how God, how deep God is, but how simple he is. And how everything is the same thing. It's just different versions of the same thing. Meditation. Okay. Y'all looking like, give us more. No, you meditate on it. Give me some revelation. So no burning up my mind power all day long. Okay. Focus. And see, these are things that are good because it helps you go back to the Bible and start reading it and stop looking at it as a religious book that you're supposed to read so you don't go to hell versus a book of secrets and treasures and the Holy Spirit will show you stuff for your own personal advancement. Luke 11, 5 through 10. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. This is about focus. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, 
he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence that is a law in the kingdom of God if you keep persisting shamelessly in faith God will be forced to give it to you whether it's right or wrong I know people don't like for me to say that but it's the truth and so I tell you based on this story Keep on asking with shameless persistence and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking with shameless persistence and you definitely will find. Keep on knocking with shameless persistence and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks this way receives. Everyone who seeks this way finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. The man has a book called Chicken Soup for the Soul. Jessica was telling us about him. And he said 100 um, publishers told him no 100 not a man is a billionaire from the book same story about Star Wars everybody told him no the people who were the actors for Star Wars told him we don't even believe in this trash we only doing it because you paying us the guy that financed Star Wars didn't believe in Star Wars he only did it because he was George Lucas friend he said man I don't believe in this old crap sci-fi stuff you're doing he said I want you to work for me and the only reason I'm giving you the money is so that when it fails you will then come work for me when it fails because I gave you the money our door closed second one closed it must not be his will Never realizing that there are some closed doors that stay closed until your backbone builds up. There are some doors that stay closed until you recognize how to do this. He said, do it shamelessly. Keep on hitting that thing with that hammer. Wham, wham, wham. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. You want to do it twice. And that's, watch this. That's not the definition of more than a conqueror. So you have to understand something. When God labels you a thing, he then puts you in situations so that you can walk off the label. Okay, you're more than a conqueror. We got to show you that, but put you in a situation that you got to conquer. You understand what I'm saying? Well, we just want it to be easy. My, my dad used to call it, he said, ain't no such thing as easy street religion. How I many know we all want it easy sometimes? You know, I don't understand that. You don't want to stand out there in the hot sun, you know, catching the bus. You want one of them Rolls Royces that, you know, just drive on his own. And, you know, they make us so many products that make us lazy nowadays. It is so terrible. So that's how you focus, okay? You have to seek after heavenly things. Seek after answers. Seek to know the Lord. You don't even know what you, how many know, when you're really seeking for something, you don't even know where to find it. You know what I mean? How many of you got on the internet? And I, I got to, you just start, you just start putting in stuff, putting in words and, See if that come up and putting in another word. That's how you seek. You can't necessarily find it, but you just got to start someplace. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, if it's an Easter egg hunt, you, you know, it's not like you go by a blueprint, and, you know, your spidey sense and check with Yoda and all that type of stuff. I mean, you just got to go out there and start looking. It's the same thing. But if you search diligently, it'll blow your mind the stuff the Lord will share with you. Because he holds back from no one. He's, and he's not a respecter of persons. The men that you are so impressed with it's only maybe because they sought more than you did. That's the only reason why. The only reason why. Hey, I didn't, my wife would tell you, I knew some of this stuff before I was a preacher. I didn't even know, she knew I was called to be a preacher before I did. We were going someplace with the church and, and, uh, and you know, she asked the Lord, who is this joker? 
what is he called to do? And Lord told her he called the pastor. She knew that like several years before I even did. Hey, I don't know why I shared that with y'all, but but the things that I knew and the things that I was studying it was because I was studying them. And when I went to Bible school, I hardly learned anything. All I did was just read the books that y'all taught from in class. I had already learned the stuff. They made the mistake. They used to do these critiques. You know, sometimes it may not be pay to be honest. It's best to keep your mouth shut. And so they ask, you know, they to these little dry classes and and everything I learned in Bible school, I'm pretty much not learning to use in your day. But um, when they did these critique sheets and they said, you know, what did you learn from the class? <sighs> Man. Yeah, I made the mistake and put nothing. Not that it wasn't a bad class, it's just that they were using someone that was brand new and didn't know anything. And the person was just trying to imitate a preacher that they saw. And I didn't learn anything in the class. I'm not going to lie and say, well, brother, I had great revelation and insight into the mysteries of God. I didn't learn anything. And as a result of that, maybe y'all will change some stuff. Y'all just, just be honest. They're going to be mad at you, but at least it make them think, well, maybe our stuff is a little stinky. We need to put some deodorant on. Last one is books. Daniel chapter 9, verse 2. Second to the last one. In the first year of his reign, our Daniel understood by books. That's another way you seek. The number of the years. Whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. The book, the Bible is the foundation, but there are other books that exist that are true that tell you about the things of God. The book of Enoch is one. It's a very deep book. The book of Enoch is off the chain. I think the book of Enoch is the one that talks about um, how, you know, um, you know those group of angels that the Bible says are right now underneath planet Earth held in chains to the very end. In the book of Enoch, it showcases that these angels were the ones that were revealing secrets from heaven that men weren't meant to know at that time. It actually says that these beings were the ones that taught women back then how to create makeup. They taught men how to make weapons. They were teaching men how to open up portals to realms that God didn't want us to know about. Book of Enoch reveals that. Okay, see, and so the Bible didn't want you just focusing on that all the time, so it just gives you little hints. It's a lot of mysterious stuff in Scripture, you know. Um, uh, you know, in the in the Bible, it's a scary Scripture. It says that when God told Noah to to build the ark, because I'm getting ready to kill everybody. It says in those days were those giants, half man, half angel. And it's this. It says a, a scary Scripture. It says. They were in those days and the days after. Go back and read it. Wait a minute. I thought they all got killed in the flood. That ain't what the scripture said. It said them half beings. It said they were in those days and the days after. Excuse the expression, but there's a lot of freaky deaky stuff going on in the planet right now that we don't know about. I'm just keeping it real. Okay. See, it's. And governments do keep things a secret because they don't have the explain, they don't have the ability to explain this thing that they found. And they don't want mass hysteria. So they have found things. They have found beings. They have found giants. You know? Um, they even believe that they found, uh, they believe that they drilled too far into the earth and drilled in the spot where those angels are kept underneath the planet. Because they said they drilled and then all of a sudden all of the workers became horrified and quit and ran off in stark terror. And they said that they felt a presence out the hole that they had never felt before. It was the most evil they had ever felt. These things are very, very real. 
you know, and y'all read the Bible and you suspect it, but you couldn't find nobody to tell you that the stuff is real. That's what the problem is, you know, so, whatever. So books, reading books read, written by other men of God will bring you up to speed much faster. Half of what I know came from other men. The kingdom of God is not designed for you to get it on your own. It's not designed for you to get it on your own. It's designed for you to do what the scripture says, submit one to another. So I'll learn stuff from other preachers. I'll learn stuff from other people. I'll learn stuff from children. My own kids share stuff sometimes. My wife share things. I'm always looking because I'm the Lord speaks through anything. I've learned things from my dogs. Okay. Still, the, the two dogs that I have is still a mystery to me because of, I mean, they, the two dogs we have, it really represents Israel and it, re, it represents the Jewish nation and the Arab nation. I mean, I mean, I just saw that one day. Because the fact, we got to catch up. And this is my last one. We got to catch up because you've heard this story. My, my wife vowed that we weren't getting any dogs. And we would bring it up in the car. She's like, oh, no. I mean, she would almost like turn into Lucifer's sister in the car. I mean, just, oh, no. Oh, no. I already got six kids. No, absolutely not. We wouldn't bring it up. And then one day out the clear blue, we sitting in the bed. On a, was it Saturday morning? Yeah, because it was like we didn't have church that weekend or something, that Saturday, holiday. She just wakes up. Hey, not only are we supposed to get a dog, we're supposed to get two. So we woke up that morning, came back home with two Cocker Spaniels. Now what's interesting is the Lord is trying to teach me something because one dog was chosen and the other one was picked. Mm-hmm. Because the kids, when they showed up, they chose one dog. But then I told them to pick another one. It wasn't until the dogs grew up that the Lord began to show me that the two dogs represented the house of Israel. And um, um, what was the boy that was not um, Abraham's, um, Ishmael and Isaac, that they represented those two nations. And the, the, the Arab race is much bigger than the Jewish race. That's why the one dog that represents the Arab race is bigger than the other dog. Okay. Um, what's interesting is that the Arab race that are Muslim are very, very obedient to uh, their God that they believe in Allah. But the Jewish race can be very disobedient to theirs. So to see the two natures in the dog, okay, the Arab uh, race as a whole are generally a much louder people than the Jewish race. So that one dog is much louder. He's the one that's always barking. He makes the most noise, but he's the one that will be quick to obey. The other one that's smaller that represents Israel that's more quiet. Um, he's slower. I, if I say sit, the big one sits immediately. The other one just sit there and look at me. See, so now why the Lord did that, I have no idea. So maybe I have to seek the Lord concerning what do these two dogs mean. I don't know if he's trying to give me revelation or something. But these are things that are going on in your life on a regular basis. The Bible is the foundation, but God used it because God created everything. He will use everything to teach you a lesson. Y'all got that? So y'all pray for my revelation about the two dogs. Hmm. Sit up here just realizing something else. Last scripture. My last point. And we're done. Is worship. 
You got to put all, you do all of these things together, and this is all seeking the Lord and his strength, seeking the kingdom of heaven. First Chronicles 16, 29, King James. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Okay? In the kingdom of God, when you are holy, you look beautiful. When you are unholy, you look ugly. I'm going to give a deeper point. The degree of holiness that you walk in on planet Earth will determine your beauty forever. I know this sounds like some extreme stuff, y'all. Okay, I'll be able to prove all of this in the future. I've already proved some of the past. But the, there are degrees of holiness because your mindset is a thread through everything that you do. So your degree of holiness will determine how you look on the other side. It really will. I mean, the Bible says you're going to get another body, right? Well, how will they determine the look of that body? They will determine the look of that body based on your holiness on planet Earth. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. All the way down to your clothes. When you walk around heaven, everyone will be able to look at you and see how you lived on earth. You will not have to say a word. Because of the, uh, because of the way that your body looks and the, way, uh, and the type of clothes that you wear. And the type of house that you live in. I mean, no. Some of us have simple houses. Some of us have fairly nice houses. Okay. And it's all based on sometimes what we can afford and the decisions that we have made. But on the other side, you can write your own ticket. Okay, I'm not gonna be sitting up there in heaven. You got a heaven the size of Atlanta, a mansion the size of Atlanta, and I'm downstairs in a doghouse. Mm-mm. That's the worst thing in the world is to know it's set up that way, and then I still don't do it. Mm-mm. Romans 12:1. That's one degree of holiness. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Okay? So you must be living your life in such a way where you're always sacrificing for the things of God. Sacrifice and spend it. And it's really not a sacrifice. It's a privilege. What the scripture calls a sacrifice, kingdom of God sees as a privilege. I don't see prayer as a sacrifice. I see it as an honor. I don't see spending time in the word as, you know, let me get my word time in, you know. Uh-uh. I see it as, let me set this aside so I can get my word to man. I got to see what the Lord got to say. I got to put some stuff in me. Holy and acceptable, living sacrifice. In the Old Testament, you would kill a sacrifice. And watch this. The sacrifice that they killed had to be spotless. It had to be a perfect animal. It wasn't even worthy to be sacrificed to the Lord until the animal was out spot or blemish. It was a perfect animal. And you sacrificed it and killed it. Okay. God says, I need you to be holy. I need you to be blameless like that animal. But instead of dying, I need you to live that way. So in the Old Testament, we killed animals as a sacrifice. In the New Testament, the sacrifices keep on living as though they are dead. <laughs> Y'all understand what I mean? Dead to your own way. Dead to your own desires. Dead to your own intellect. If it's not in the Word, I'm not planning on doing it. And other people will say it don't take all of that. It takes a whole lot more than that. People that don't want to do anything are always going to tell you it doesn't take all that. Start eating healthy. It don't take all that. Well, you're the one with diabetes, not me. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like pork. That's my wife. It's a dude one mile from our house. He has no store. He sets up in a parking lot. Let that taste hit me. Man, my wife tell you how many times I didn't. I tell Lorana, 
I'm going to give me some ribs. Just, there's some people that they can cook so well, you know it's the devil, but you still got to eat it. I don't need to be around people that cook like that, man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. He used to be set up right across the street in this parking lot where this Austell Seafood Market is. And my son was with me. With me. I said, we're going to go try this man out. And that man made the mistake of giving me a free sample. That's how he gets you. When he always gives you a free sample because you bite into that. Man, I came home with two slabs. My mom was like, why would you do something like this and spend all this money? Try this. Ooh, I understand. <laughs> it's a true story. Okay? So, you know, we're we doing our best. Amen. <laughs> Psalm 63, 1 through 7. Oh, God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you. By the way, that uh, first line, I'm going to read it again. Oh, God, you are my God. Watch this. Y'all remember the tabernacle? We're going to go in reverse. The tabernacle is what? The holy of holies, the inner court, and the outer court. Yeah, you're about to read it right here again. Oh, God. First verse, Psalm 63, verse 1. Oh, God, you are my God. I, the real you, earnestly seek for you. Search for you. My soul, the second part of me, thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land. That's the tabernacle rock again. That's the three. So you got to read the scripture. The I, the, the I, the real you, represents the holy of holies, the spirit. My soul, that's the intellect, mind, will, and emotions. That represents the inner court. My whole body longs for you. That represents the outer court, which is the temple. All three. The whole tabernacle was dedicated to God, but there were phases. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lay awake thinking of you, meditating on you throughout the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. It's the attitude of worship. And in last scripture, Revelations 4, 8 through 11. Man, I got way off track today, but it was good. Each of these living beings has six wings, and their wings were covered all over with eyes. These are the bodyguards at God's throne. They know everything. Oh, um, Basil, well, as a side note, I'll give you all a little tidbit of information. Um, you know, in the Bible, when it talks about wisdom, in heaven, wisdom is a real being. Yeah. You got to study the scripture. Now, I was, now, because we are so religious minded and closed minded, I kept seeing the scripture seems to strongly imply that wisdom is a real being and not just a kind of how many of y'all felt the same way? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when I started reading testimonies of people who were in heaven and said, no, wisdom is actually a real being. Yeah. And it refers to her as a she. First to her as a she. OK, because I, I was reading something a few days ago and, and wisdom said, I was with God when he created the planet. I was the one who instructed him on some things. We are so, how I many know religion will mess you up? 
going, we're going someplace. They're not able to find us when we get there. But we'll be enjoying ourselves. Okay, so these are heavenly things. So when you, now we, don't, we ain't talking about wisdom. Come to me now. You're looking for a person in a being and some, some hair and all. No. Okay, but there are, the Bible talks about many different type of voices, many different type of beings. Each of these beings at the throne has six wings and with their wings were all covered with eyes inside and out. Day after day, night after night, they keep on saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The one who always was and always is and always is to come. Kind of did that in the song. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist, because you created what you pleased. So that's a third way of worship. Okay? There's a side of worship where you obey God with your finances. Um, because worship is not what you have in your mind. The typical definition of worship for people is to go to church and stand there and sing a song. It's not worship. That's you standing there singing a song. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we call that a worship service. No, you just came and heard. Y'all know what I'm saying. And, 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 and in the church world, across all denominations of races, most are very uncomfortable to sit up here and do what you see us do before the service. If you were here Wednesday night, all of us were on the floor, prostrate, on the knees, all that. That's the atmosphere of heaven. Because if you were here Wednesday night, you also know that there was a thickness up in here. I, when I went home and I don't know what I was, I was just, I didn't know if I was tired or energized, I just went to bed. I was just like, man. See, when you start, when you start seeking after heavenly things and they reveal to you certain things, and then you act on what is revealed, then you draw more of it. You draw the atmosphere, and that thing is thick. And then you start carrying it. So you got to get ready to go to work, and you walk in, and everybody turn their head. Because you can't see you. But they see you. And when you're in an atmosphere, how many know when you're in an atmosphere, okay, whatever's in an atmosphere, after a few minutes, you stop smelling it. But it's on you. See? Okay? have a, a daughter she was working for chick-fil-a during the summer but because she was working at chick-fil-a the smell was in her clothes when she came out the restaurant but she couldn't smell it because she was in it but the moment she got in the car i could instantly smell chick-fil-a see so what happens is when you start when we start creating this atmosphere at our services which we were doing okay and this thing comes in here you'll leave the church and you'll go to walmart and wonder why everybody looking at you strange on aisle seven because you forgot what you were in but they see it clearly because they ain't never been in it you understand what I'm saying? Okay, Jerry Savelle said he was at a 7-Eleven years ago. He said he opened up, he said he walked in the door and the man was paying for his stuff at the counter. And the man looked at Jerry Savelle and the man fell on his knees and, and, and just began to cry out to the Lord, please forgive me, I'm a sinner, who are you? And, he, and Jerry Savelle said this thing called the scene, the whole 7-Eleven went into pause. And he said the man was almost worshiping him and he was, who are you? And, and he had to calm this situation down. And so, you know what I mean? Oh, that's crazy. So he got back in the car. He said, Lord, what in the world was that? He said, I gave you a taste of what my true sons will be walking in right before I come back. But it won't come until you start seeking heaven. Start seeking heaven, y'all. All your worries and all your pains and all your suffering will disappear 
Okay, let's go ahead and stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, O Lord. Amen, amen.